Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am an integrative holistic healthcare therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. 
Our chat room is open, so go ahead and feel free to join in that discussion. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, post it. We'll do our best to get your question on air. And as an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, please call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. And that way, you know, you can listen to the show, but please be sure to use Bluetooth. really important that you do that. Okay, Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from. So you can listen whenever and wherever you want. All you need to do is download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. You need to write that down so that you get it right because people have said, well, I'm not getting my 30-day trial. You need to put audibletrial.com slash energyawareness or you won't get that 30-day trial. Okay, people, in the words of Gandhi, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. How many times have you complained about something but done nothing to fix it? And have you ever noticed something and thought, you know, someone really should do something about that? We've all had those thoughts, and we know we can't solve every problem we encounter. But there are times when there is a resolution and that someone you think should do something, well, it might just be you. We can do things when we set our mind to it. When we do that, we most certainly do things that matter and make a difference. Today's technology makes it really easy for us to do things quickly, efficiently, and positively. And we each truly do have the power, more than ever before, to be the change that we seek. My guest is Lori Ann Thompson, a former software engineer who now writes for children and young adults to help her readers and herself make better sense of the world we live in so they can contribute making it a better place for all of us. She strives to write nonfiction that gives wings to activate imaginations and fiction that taps into our universal human truth. And this can be seen in her books such as Emmanuel's Dream, The True Story of Emmanuel Ofosu Yeboah, a picture book biography of a young man who changed Ghana's perception of people with disabilities. Another book, My Dog is the Best, a fiction picture book about the bond that exists between a child and a beloved family pet. And our topic for discussion, Be a Change Maker, How to Start Something That Matters. This is a teen how-to guide filled with practical advice and inspiration for young social entrepreneurs. Be a Changemaker is a Parents' Choice Foundation recommended book, has received the Crystal Kit Award from the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, as well as the coveted 2015 COVR Book of the Year Award. And you can learn more about all of these books and Lori herself by visiting www.lauriethompson.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. And you can follow her on Twitter at Lori Thompson as well. So hello, Lori. Thank you so much for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am very well today. Thank you, T. <laughs> this is really quite a book that you've written. And, and it's amazing because here you were a software engineer and quite a successful one at that. And here you are now an author for children and young adults, which seems very different from each other. So do tell us, how did that transition happen? Um, yeah, it is an interesting transition, and, and it's not really as different as people think. It, there's a lot, they have a lot of things in common, I found. Um, 
but I think I always wanted to be a writer. I just never really thought that it was a viable career path. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I went into software engineering instead. There's a lot more job security there. And um, so I followed that for a few years. But it always felt like there was something missing. Uh, I always wanted to do more and uh, have kind of more of a direct impact on the world. And so then once my children were born, I started reading a lot of children's books again with them. And I just, I fell in love with children's books all over again and just knew that it was something that I had to do. And you had it within you to do it. So that's good. I can understand why you would think, well, writing might not, that's a tough thing to do unless you're really just constantly able to write and things flow to you easily. So I can understand how it wouldn't have been your first, it was your first choice, but not really. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of people will try to talk you out of it. <laughs> and uh, for a long time, I listened. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the key. You know, we need, if we want to be a change maker, we need to not listen to others and just go with our gut. You know, <laughs> I have interviewed a fair share of children's authors on this show. And when I say children, I include young adults in that. Mm-hmm. And thus far, there is not one that I can honestly say would not be relevant for an adult even though the authors are writing for a younger audience, much of what I read is as much for adults as well. Your book is most certainly no exception. It is inspiring. It fosters the confidence necessary to do something. But probably more importantly, your book provides the tools to get there because sometimes the challenge is in the implementation. You can have a great idea, but it's the how do you implement it. That's what I think can be the biggest hurdle. Have, have you found that that that's true absolutely yeah absolutely um and that's one of the main reasons why i decided to pursue this and write this book is i found lots of great books on there that gave a lot of inspiration and you know you can do it you really can go on and and they were really great cheerleaders but they didn't provide very much practical advice on how to get it done um and there were other books that had some practical advice in them, business books and things like that, but they weren't very accessible. Um, You know, they were kind of dry and scholarly and um, not something that people would just really want to sit down and read and feel inspired by. So I really wanted to bring those two things together and say, you can do it and here's how. And you did because cheerleading is great, but it doesn't give you the meat of what to do. And the other books, a lot of the business books that are out there are very academic and they're boring. I mean, they're just, I know Mm -hmm. you can't say that because you're an author, but I can, so I will. (laughs) (laughs) They're really boring. (laughs) You know, it's just really, it's, you know, but you took the creator, the person with the idea from, I have an idea all the way through to the type of organization, profit versus nonprofit, how they want their idea to ultimately turn out what it will become this book really isn't just a guide to get started it's a guide to how to create a business as well everything from uh, you know there's business planning there's uh, it's just all encompassing PR marketing and you do it with ease it's not overwhelming I love the formula that you provide at the beginning of the book passion plus skill plus problem equals venture this is not explained anywhere else in such a simple way at all. That's why I think everyone will gain a lot from reading this book. There's, there's no mountain to climb. You took that away. You took the hardness out, the challenge out. You provide the tools and the formulas. So go ahead and tell us about this formula and how 
I mean, how did you come to, okay, this is the formula, because nobody's ever done this before. So you've been the chosen one to say, all right, I'm going to give you the formula and put it out there. Did you actually have to go through this yourself to start a business in order to make changes you wanted to see? Or did it just kind of like, okay, this just makes sense. It's very logical. Um, Yeah, I had a a number of experiences in my life that kind of led me to it. Um, You know, the the practical business is being a software engineer and a manager. And um, I did that at some, you know, new, energetic, exciting startups, as well as for big companies like IBM and Intel, you know, Fortune 500 companies. So so I got to see a lot from both sides of that. Um, And then I also uh, got the opportunity to lead a regional children's writers professional organization, um, which had a lot of members. It was a very, very large nonprofit. And so I got to see that side of it as well. And, you know, just drawing on all of those experiences, I, I kind of came to that formula that, you know, you, you can't just tell people to follow their passion. Um, mm-hmm. at really practical. It doesn't work. And I, and I don't think it's very good advice, frankly. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of kids in schools now, and, and one thing I say is I love to sing. I really do. But I'm a terrible singer. You, you don't <laughs> want to hear me sing. And, and for me to follow that as a career path would have been a devastating mistake. <laughs> now, when I'm alone in the car, believe me, I sing. <laughs> yeah, that's different, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, so there, there are things that, that we love to do. And there are things that we good at that we're good at, and and sometimes those are the same things, but not always. You know, I'm I'm also really really good at doing spreadsheets, but it may not be something that I want to just do for fun in my spare time. Um, <laughs> so, so I think, you know, in any business or any endeavor that we're going to do, we need to solve a problem for somebody in order for it to be a success. So we've got to look for what problem are we solving. Um, and we've got to solve that problem by using both things that we're passionate about, that we love to do, and our skills, things that we're good at. Um, I, I tell kids it's like a three-legged stool. You've got to have all three, or you're not going to have the energy and the enthusiasm to keep going. It's going to be too draining. So, you know, changing the world is a is a big deal. It's, it's not easy, and it's hard mm-hmm. to do. So um, I think you really need to have all three pieces of that formula in order to give it a good go. I couldn't agree with you more. I remember watching Oprah and having her say, you know, just follow your passion, follow your passion. And like you, I love to sing, but I'm not going to be cutting an album singing. I'm not going to make it. (laughs) And, you know, there are other things that I love to do, but maybe I love to do them as a hobby and I don't want to do it as a business. So I would look at the TV and I'd say, how do you know what your passion is? And then what do you do with it? And that piece never came out. Never, ever, ever was that given to you. And I always thought that's great, Oprah, you know, folly passion, folly passion, folly passion. You can say that until you're blue in the face, but that's not going to work for everyone. Not everyone is going to be able to follow their passion and make a living. So I'm really glad that you that you brought that up because that's so important. And the the three-legged stool, that's very good too because the fourth leg of the stool is the venture. So you know if you have a problem to solve and you have the passion and the skill and you put the venture together, you've got a great foundation because 
I right. have a three-legged stool, and sometimes when you stand on it, you can tip over. So <laughs> it's a great place to stop, but you need that fourth leg, the venture part, which that's why I love the formula, because it actually takes mm-hmm. you through what's your passion, what are your skills, what problem are you trying to solve. That helps people immensely. So you're kind of jumping off of something that someone else kept putting out there saying, oh, just follow your passion. You can't do that. I agree with you. That's not, that's not necessarily a good piece of advice for people at all. And yeah, you know, and, when it really- and I always, I always found that advice to be really intimidating as well. Like follow your passion. Um, to me, that felt like I had to identify the one thing in life that was more important than all others, and build everything off of it. And that was really scary, you know. Well, what, I, I'm interested in lots of things, and trying to pick out which one was my passion. Um, I don't know. It felt very scary and very huge and and very limiting and so um you know i think thinking about it in just a little bit different way where it doesn't have to be your one life's overarching passion it just has to be something that you really enjoy um is a lot more freeing and and can really move you more to action than just being stuck in oh what do i do what do i do True. And, you know, it's not just scary, but it also, whenever I would hear Oprah say this, I'd think there's got to be something wrong with me because I can't figure this part out. So what is wrong with me that my brain can't tell me what it is I need to do, what my passion is? I don't know what to do, you know, and I would right. feel like you kind of feel like a loser. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, me too. And and I spent a lot of years wondering what my passion was. And finally, I decided I've got to stop wondering what my passion was and just do something. And when I started doing things, I found out what my passion is. <laughs> um, you know, my passion is writing for children. And, and I wouldn't necessarily have just known that if I hadn't just started doing what mattered to me at the time. And, of course, everything is, is, comes when it's supposed to come so that, you know, it, it, the timing was right probably and you got signs that showed you, you know, here's something you could do and you, and you went for it. So you read everything exactly. right, which is good. You know, and and also yeah. I find that the the things prior are always a stepping stone to what you need to do, and you, whatever it is, it's going to come in handy somehow. It will come in handy. So, you know, that's it's a great story the way that you went from being a software engineer, and I, as I said, a, a, quite a successful one with all the different companies and everything, and you know, to go into just writing for teenagers and children. Which, again, I'm going to say, this book isn't just for teenagers. There are people out there that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s who are looking for another career. And guess what? This is the tool you need to figure it out because it will help you immensely. And it's really, it's really all about desire and persistence. Everything starts with an idea. Desire nourishes the idea. And persistence, or taking action no matter what, even if it's a small action, is the thing that leads to the end result. That seems to me to work every time if you have an a desire and you persist, you will indeed reach your goal. Do you find that to be true? Absolutely true. Yeah, that's very well said. And, you know, I would just, the only thing I would add to that is to not be afraid of making a mistake. A lot of times people don't start because they're afraid they're not going to do it right. And, you know, better to start, do it wrong and figure out, well, that didn't work. And then try again and again and again. Um, That's part of the persistence. But, I think, you know, just knowing that, yeah, I'm probably going to make a mistake, and that's okay because it's something that I can learn from. Uh, We get stuck in that fear of, I don't know if I can do this right. And, you know, it really doesn't matter as long as we're doing something. Right, and I think, too, that people – 
they do get into that fear mode and they think, oh, I'm probably going to make a mistake. No, you're definitely going to make a mistake. That's how we learn and that's how we perfect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you kind of have to do that. And and instead of when people will say to me, oh, I did something, this didn't work and this didn't work and this didn't work, I'm doing everything wrong. And I'll just say to them, okay, you figured out all the ways that don't work. Now let's figure out a way that does. That's all. Just keep going. Figure out the way that does. Exactly. Now you can put those aside. You know, get rid of them. These are the things that don't work. Let's try something that does. So it's also mm-hmm. kind of turning it around and looking at it more positively than because people cut themselves down. I did it wrong. I can't do this. I'm failing. And if you feel like a failure, you will be held back. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, nothing, nothing is lost. I, I've written a lot of things that are never going to be published and should never be published. And, you know, it doesn't mean that that was wasted energy or effort. You know, I learned from it and they allowed me to go on and write other things that, that were good. So, um, yeah, that persistence is really, really key. And I think that most writers do that as well. They're, who's written a book first time out and it's a New York Times bestseller or, you know, I don't know that that's ever happened, you know, so people do have to, Mm -hmm. yeah, they do have to grow. And as you said, the fear, you know, young people really don't have a whole lot of fear. You know, you can kind of see it like on a ski slope. They put on their skis first time out and they fly down the mountain. They have no fear, (laughs) but that's not true of adults, you know, seriously. And I think we limit ourselves and then we teach our children to limit themselves. And instead of being, you know, free spirited and, and, maintaining that childhood innocence of just being just being who you are and knowing it's okay that kind of goes away and we allow the fear to take hold and and it holds us back and and you must see that in kids too because as you're writing for young adults you know after the age of let's say 12 or 13 they do start to lose more of that because they're listening more to society and teachers and you know every friends and parents of other children and they start to see that, oh, maybe I can't do that, and they hear all these different remarks, but from what you have seen or what's written in your book, all these kids starting these different organizations, taking up collections for a cause, starting – this is amazing. How did you collect all these stories, and how did you determine which stories to use in your book? Right. Yeah, um most of the stories I was able to find through either the work, the volunteer work that I had done with Ashoka and Youth Venture, um, or uh, other groups that Ashoka and Youth Venture had worked with and, and sponsored across the country, they were able to get me in touch with most of them. Some of them I just came across on my own on the internet. You know, <laughs> you read cool stories mm-hmm. every day of kids who are out there doing really amazing things. And, um, then, you know, once friends knew that that's what I was working on, they'd send me stories that they came across. And um, it's really fun for me to see everything that's happening out there, you know, and, and I'm only catching a fraction of it, I know. Um, but but kids are just doing so many great things out there right now. It's it's so inspiring and, and really, you know, just astonishing to see what they're able to accomplish. It is astonishing. It's um, extremely impressive. Yeah, absolutely impressive. And, you know, the the fantastic thing about talking to all those kids was, you know, now that they've tackled something, um, and some of them would even say they failed um, because they didn't achieve what they set out to. But now that they've taken that step and tackled something and made something happen, they have so much confidence now. Um, none of them had any fear 
I would ask them, what are you going to do next? And they would say this, you know, huge pie in the sky dream idea. And, and they wouldn't say it, you know, like apologetically or, oh, I'm going to try to do this. They would just say, well, this is what we're going to do next. And um, just hearing them talk that way was so inspiring to me. Um, when I was a kid, I was a real perfectionist and, and very afraid of making a mistake. And it took me, you know, most of, most of my life up to this point to kind of get over that and to step outside of, of my comfort zone and, and be willing to try things that, that might fail. And so to hear these kids, you know, in their teens, talking that way um i know that they're going to be set up on a trajectory for their lives that's just going to blow us away because they've already got it and um it's incredible to hear well and that's so true it, it they do already have it they understand it and it, it is so impressive and they will do what they say because they're saying it with conviction they're they're fully intended there's no hope there's no wonder it's no this is going to happen and that's just the way it is and in life we know that to be true we see it many times in our own lives when you just say okay this is what we're doing and you just go ahead and do it and somehow everything flows and for these kids mm -hmm. to be doing this at this young age and making the contributions that they're making, they're going on vacation and seeing something, you know, in, in another country and saying, oh, I think we should now start a program here to help those kids in Vietnam and Cambodia. And uh, I mean, right. it was amazing to read these stories and see what the children can do, because I think prior to, let's say, 9-11, the world was a very different place. We know that. And I think mm -hmm. that sometimes parents were suppressing their children from doing things like this because it was so important to have a good education and make a go of yourself and you don't have to worry about changing the world. I've heard parents say, that's not your job. You don't have to change the world. You just have to get a good job. What a way to limit a kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, there's no better way for the kid to be a success in life and have a great job someday than than to do this kind of thing. You know, it's, it's the best experience possible. They learn about business, managing money. They learn about working with people and getting along with others. They get that self-confidence to go out and do things. Um, I was just talking with a class yesterday, you know, and I, I said they were doing it in, in a school as a school project. And I said, you know, if you're going to take anything in your whole high school career seriously, this is the thing because you will get so much out of it. You won't even believe where it will take you. It's very true in the volunteer part when they, if they even just start out volunteering for an organization and then move forward with their own, I've seen it within my own community, kids in a volunteer organization doing things because they started volunteering and now they're setting up their own charities. I can't even tell you how many scholarship fundraisers I've been to and then gone to the, evening dinners where the scholarships are given out and they're reading what the student has done. And I think, Oh my God, I've done nothing. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> it makes you feel like a, like a louse. It really does. It's like, Oh my gosh, this kid's 17 years old and they have done three or four lifetimes worth of stuff. I really need to get on the stick here and do something. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. When I was writing be a change maker, I was on a really short deadline. Um, and I had some unexpected health challenges come up in the middle of it. And so I was really working very hard. <laughs> and, um, you know, there were plenty of times where I thought, oh, I can't do this. I just, I can't do it. And then I would interview one of these kids and, and hear what they've done. 
while they're going to school and volunteering in their synagogue and on the, you know, lacrosse team and, like, um, you know, just hearing everything that these kids were getting done, it was like, oh, wow, I'm so lazy. I need to get back to work. <laughs> uh, so, that's yeah, it, they really kept me going. It. Yeah, that's just yeah, a good it really did. Lot. It did. You know, it, it just talking to them really kept me going. And it's like, okay, well, if they can do that, I can at least write about it, you know? <laughs> right, help them. Give them a leg up. Mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. How How yeah. long did it take to write this book? Oh, that's a funny story. Um, I started writing this book in 2005. And as you know, it came out the end of 2014. So from start to finish, it took me nine years. Um, But most of that was doing preliminary research, putting together a proposal, finding an agent, um, submitting it to publishers. You know, all these things take a lot of time. And I was working on other things and, and raising a family at the same time. So, um, you know, that was a long process. Uh, then when the book sold, um, I had six months to finish it. I had three chapters done of 18. Um, I had three months, six months to finish it. And then I had these health challenges that kind of ate up three months of that. So really I had three months um, to write most of the book <laughs> after after sitting on it for <laughs> many years <laughs> yeah but it's the research was the hard part <laughs> that takes the longest right you know <laughs> right yep and yeah. many of the many of these students many of these children young adults whatever they're this is not just local charities in their own community either they are national and international organizations that I mean, it's amazing, and, and as I said, it's very impressive because these these organizations are still going strong today, correct? Yeah, most of them, yeah. Yeah, not all yeah. of them, but but many of them, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, many of them are still going strong even though the kids who founded them have moved on to other things. You know, they're, mm. they're now off at college or, you know, um, getting on with their lives, but they've managed to set up an organization that, will continue without them. You know, it, it's got its own momentum now and, and it's its own thing and other people are getting involved. And um, that's what I think is so fascinating is that they've built something so lasting can just walk away and go on to their next big thing. And, and these things just keep on going. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges in business as a founder is to get a company to the point where you can step away and have the business succeed. And, and here's these kids who have done it with their organizations um, in their teens. It's amazing. Sure. So they can go on and do bigger and better things because they've succeeded at that. And now, you know, there's something more challenging that this world needs that they will, I'm sure, succeed at and bring about. You know, I, I mean, we all bring gifts into the world, but, but how we present our gifts to the world is, is our gift to the world. And right. Wow they have an awful lot to, you know, and they just, one right after the other, I'm sure they're just going to do it. And, of course, there have been, throughout history, young changemakers all over the place, as you mentioned in your book, Anne Frank, how wonderful it is that nobody need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. She said that. Yeah, That's a changemaker right there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a changemaker right there. You know, there you go. 
everybody is a change maker in their own way. And some people, we, we are hoping most everyone is a positive change maker. And then there are the change makers that are not so positive. But everybody's a, you know, a, a change maker in their own way. And if you can just look at this book as a guide and say, all right, I'm going to take this to make a small change, in, even if it's in your home life. And you see, because I think sometimes we need to see the history, did it work? And once you get that validation, you can move on to something else. So if they follow the formula mm-hmm. throughout the book, they'll be able to do, I think this book will work on anything. You know, it can yeah, be a change I, for Yeah, thank you for that. Um, surprisingly, I have heard from a lot of adults who have said, oh, this is the book I needed when I started my business. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, this book is really helping me get a grip on what I'm going to do next for my second career. You know, <laughs> um, And and that wasn't even really on my mind. I, I wasn't thinking about writing for those people. I, I didn't intend to have that as an audience. But um, I'm really glad that they're able to find something, too, and, and apply that formula and and get the how-to that they need also. Sure. It's, it's a little puck that you have, you know. Um, it's a benefit that you have in order to be able to to see from all of your writing that adults are also benefiting from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think we all have that in us where we want to do good in the world. We all want to make our mark and um, leave a legacy behind. And, you know, whatever way we choose to do that, um, I, I hope the book can can help people. I'm I'm sure it will because, as I said, when I read it, I thought this is not just for teens. Anybody can pick this up. And as you said, you've heard from adults who said, oh, this is a book I needed when I started the business. It really should be – do they do 4-H clubs anymore? I mean, this should be something that people should just be taking and using and saying, okay, we are a 4-H club. Here's our manual. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Great. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, it really, it's a manual. It really is a manual, and, and it's such a great – here's the thing. It's so simple, and yet it's easy because things can be simple but not easy. It's simple and uh-huh. it's easy, and you completely take out the overwhelm, completely remove the overwhelm from it because it can be overwhelming to see everything put before you in these books and say, I have to do all that. But if you go through this process in the way that it's written out, the overwhelm is gone. I'm sure you've heard that mm-hmm. from other people, yes? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that is the key is that you just need to look at the next step. You know, don't don't look so far down the road and wonder, how am I going to do all that? Um, just look at the next step and, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? Um, you know, and, and day by day, you'll you'll end up where you want to be. It's like writing a book. <laughs> you can't sit down and say, I'm going to write a novel. Um, you got to sit down and say, I'm going to write a page today or even a paragraph. <laughs> and, you know, eventually it turns into a book. Sure. And you did yours in three months. So there you go. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you had to. And when we're under pressure, when we're under pressure, we can even do things faster, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we, we can do short sprints when we need to. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely, we can. You know, speaking of changemakers, there is a woman named Karen Benedetto. She is a songwriter, composer, and as those of in the United States know, last Friday, September 11th, marked 14 years since the attack on our country. Well, Miss Benedetto wrote a song about 9-11, and 
I will tell you that when you hear the song, it, it moves you. So rather than doing the, the mid-roll ad today, I would like to play this song for the audience because she is a change maker, and I thought this fit in beautifully. The song is entitled The Call. It is performed by Marianne Marangolo, and both Karen Benedetto and Marianne Marangolo are New York City talents. So rather than doing the ad, we're going to play the song. So listen to this and, and really listen to the words.
So I really believe that that is a change-making song because it brings people back to the core and what happened at that time. And right after that, this world was different, and there was more peace for a few months, and then things went back to the way that they had been. But it is a very different world, and I think there are a lot of change-makers out there right now just because of that, because people – to me, I'm seeing are living their life more to the fullest, fighting for what's right. I think that they are taking risks that they never took before because a realization hit them that life is short and you just don't know. So maybe that's being passed on from the parents or the people who were around during that time and having children. And so that's why the kids right now are really making strides where we didn't as kids. I, I haven't accomplished as much as some, most of the 17-year-olds I know in my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying about um, the post-9-11 effect kind of on on all of us, on our psyche and um, I think we did feel very safe and and isolated before, and and that made us realize how connected we all are, and and how dependent we each are on other people, and it's caused us to want to reach out and strengthen our communities and um, fix the problems that we face together. And the kids are doing it. They're doing it and they're showing us, which is a beautiful thing because we have much to learn from our children. You know, everyone can be a change agent and uh, a change maker. I'm sorry, change agent, positive psychology reference there. Sorry, sorry. It's the same thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are definitely a change maker. I am a change maker or change agent, uh, but on a very large scale. And it doesn't matter if you're a change maker that's world renowned or if you just make changes every day in small areas. But there are a lot of companies that are change-making companies. I mean, Facebook is a change-making company. You know, they do mm-hmm. an awful lot. You know, social um, philosophers extolling the value of community. Um, Novartis is a big essential medicines, bring remedies to, to fight all kinds of things. Uh, even Cisco. You know, there's so many out there that are doing things. Walmart, people wouldn't think of it. People don't think that Walmart is a change-making company, but... You know, they, they're they really big on using renewable sources and operating their companies on less energy intensity than they did, let's say, five years ago. So all of these little things uh, that, that even the big companies are doing are making a difference. But when you see it coming from the children, I think that's when it's so, I don't know, heartwarming. And so it really does something to you because you think, wow, they're so young and they're doing this. They've learned. They they have much more wisdom than a lot of us do. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think like you said earlier, their minds are just so much more open than ours. We, you know, we adults tend to get stuck and well, we've seen that problem our whole lives, so there must not be a solution to it. You know, we, we start to not even think, well, what might be the solutions? Because we just start to think it's an intractable problem that, that can never go away. And and the kids aren't that jaded yet. They They see a problem and think, oh, I wonder what we can do to fix that. And, you know, a lot of times they'll come up with an idea that, that's kind of been in front of us all along, but, but we didn't even think to try to find it. Um, so yeah, they they definitely have a fresh perspective that that we don't have, and and you know a lot of the problems they're going to be the only ones who can solve it because we're not yeah. looking at it the right way. 
right, it's all in the perspective, and they have a different perspective, and it's beautiful to watch because if you are an, I'm an observer, so if you observe people, and I was just observing mm-hmm. two sisters the other day, and my goodness, just to watch them, I thought, I hope they never lose that innocent childlike quality that they have. I mean, become mature adults, yes, but don't lose that quality of being into who you are in an authentic way and really allowing yourself to be that and not really being bothered by, you know, anybody else. I mean, Wayne Dyer, he was great uh, when he would, he would say, you know, whatever anybody else thinks of me is none of my business. I absolutely love that because it's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, and boy, I, I do get to spend a lot of time with teenagers today and, you know, it seems so totally different from when I was a teenager and, you know, we were all so worried about what everyone else thought about us. And boy, do I see teenagers today expressing themselves and being comfortable with who they are. And, you know, it's almost, it's almost gone completely the other direction where it's like, this is me, take it or leave it. And, you know, I just think that's fantastic. (laughs) I do too. I do, too. God bless them. I think that's the way you have to be because then you get things done. And let me ask you, in all of the people that you've interviewed for the book and and whether it was a story that was included or not, was there one particular, I don't know, group or or a person who really stood out to you because of what they took, put it together, and put it out there? Was there anything that really, like, hit you and said, wow, this is just crazy good? There were a lot of them, um, frankly, but but one that really just sticks out in my mind is um, the Change the World Kids organization. Uh, That was founded by twin sisters, Phoebe and Nika Myers, when they were only eight years old. Um, Mm -hmm. Today, it's an international organization that does just all kinds of good and involves all kinds of kids all around the world. And... um, you know, to hear how it started, their original kind of impetus for that when they were just eight-year-olds, um, it's really funny to hear them talk about it. They they remember that something happened somewhere in the world. There was some kind of natural disaster. They don't know whether it was a hurricane or an earthquake or something else. They don't remember where it was. They don't remember what it was. But they remember something happened that was on the news and that people were talking about. And it made them ask their eight-year-old selves, you know, well, what if something like that happened in our town, Um, their little town in Vermont? (laughs) And, you know, they thought, well, no matter what would happen, we'd be a lot better off if neighbors would help neighbors and and we weren't all feeling so isolated and on our own. Um, And so they wanted to make their community a stronger, healthier place. Um, And that's such a simple idea coming from these two sweet little eight-year-old girls. (laughs) Um, And out of that idea, they decided to set up a telephone with an answering machine so that anyone in their community who needed help could call and leave a message. And the girls would try to rally their friends or parents or um, whomever was needed to help their neighbors out with whatever problems they had um and you know from there it just grew and grew and grew and more kids wanted to contribute and help and um you know it it took on a life of its own in their community and then you know 
further on out, they started doing projects in South America and saving the rainforest and um, just all kinds of things grew out of it. And I think it's just so beautiful that it was just this simple idea of how can we be there for our neighbors? Um, in, you know, and it, I don't know, it's so simple, but yet so profound. And, and as adults, how often do we ask ourselves that question? You know, not often enough, I think. No, not often enough at all. And it usually is the simple ideas that become the most profound. I mean, I have to tell you, I had uh, an issue where the fire department had to come to my house. And they came to the house, and my car was, I had pulled my car out of the garage because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I wanted my car if the house was going to burn down. And I'm standing at the top of my driveway, and it's like 300 feet long. And a few weeks later, one of my neighbors said, oh, yeah, my son was looking out the window giving us a blow-by-blow. And I thought, Seriously? Nobody even asked how I was. Can I do anything? It was a cold winter night. <laughs> Nobody said, oh, my goodness. I was like, seriously. Right, right. I, I was horrified. Yeah. I was absolutely horrified. And I thought, wow, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <No>. Uh-huh. <laughs> it blew my mind. I yeah. have to say. <laughs> because she said it Absolutely. was such you know, yeah, he's giving us a blow by blow. Like this was a normal thing and I thought I thought, seriously, if I saw you standing outside in the fire department there, I would have gone over and said, Do you guys need anything? You want to come in for coffee while they're doing whatever they have to do? Let me make you something, come in and be warm, it's cold, or come in and be cool, it's hot. You just don't leave people, you don't abandon people and I thought, Oh well, this is the world we live in. Right. So exactly. Yeah. These girls in Vermont, they're doing something that it is profound because it's needed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and once you hear their idea, it sounds so obvious, right? But but we as adults have, for some reason, put up these barriers, like, oh, I don't want to invade that person's privacy or whatever, you know. I mean, whatever it is that keeps us from from reaching out and helping someone. Um, Yeah, I don't know what the fear is, you know, but now how old are these girls now? They're in college now. Oh, my goodness, see? And they're probably doing wonderful yeah. things. Mm-hmm. They're doing wonderful wow. things, and, and their organization keeps on doing wonderful things. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're one of the, you know, really big success stories. But, um, you know, they started out with this very simple idea. And, you know, not only was it a success in their implementation, but, you know, all the kids in this community now are, are part of it and, are bettering their community in many other ways and are being empowered by those experiences to go out and do still other projects in other parts of the world. And um, it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's astonishing. Yeah. It just, it just keeps perpetuating because if you're part of an organization mm-hmm. that's successful and you come up with an idea, you'll go and do that on your own. So they've really changed more than just their community. There again, your book, Be a Changemaker, you really are the changemaker's changemaker because this book <laughs> will help people become a changemaker because it's so – I cannot stress how easy this book is, how simple it is to understand, how there is no overwhelm, that you just go through the process and write things down and just just go through the process. It's a great thing to do. It's a, tool, it's a good tool, I think, for everyone to do for even a very small thing that they want to change, even if it's within their own life. Because when you change something in your own life for the positive, you ultimately end up affecting the collective whole. It just works that way. That's just the way it is. That's how energy works. And, you know, I think that this book, as I said, I really think that you are the change maker's change maker. 
Well, thank you so much for saying that. Um, that that ripple effect is one thing that I, I love to talk to kids about um, when I'm speaking. And, you know, yes, whatever problem you solve, you're going to directly help, you know, those people affected by that problem. Um, but it's so much bigger than that because when other people see you solving that problem, they feel empowered to go solve a different problem and so on and so on. And so, um, you know, you might be fixing just one tiny small thing, um, but you're enabling that person that you helped to go do something. And then you're enabling all the people who saw um, to, to go fix something. And so the ripples just spread out in, in all directions in, in ways that you'll never see and never know. Um, but they're out there and uh, it's just, it's so powerful to take that one small action and know that it's having these impacts that you can't even possibly imagine. Yeah, and forever, because it will just keep going. Right. It just will continue to perpetuate. I can't believe that we're almost out of time, Lori, but before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your work and where they can purchase your book, Be a Changemaker, How to Start Something That Matters? Yes, um, they can buy the book just about anywhere books are sold. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, Powell, um, and their local bookstore would be more than happy to order it for them if they don't have it on hand. My webpage is, as you said earlier, lauriethompson.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. And uh, one additional thing that I wanted to mention is we also put together a Be a Changemaker workshop kit. Um, mm. So anybody who is working with young people, like a 4-H club or um, Girl Scout leader, uh, youth group leader, anything like that, um, it's kind of a a hands-on sort of curriculum guide um, to use the book with kids and goes kind of one more step even further to, to help use the book as a teaching tool. So um, that's available for free on my webpage. You can just download it as a PDF, and it's got everything you could possibly want for that. <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, it's because I think this is something that those types of organizations should get their hands on. It's going to be so helpful. And, you know, I'm sure this will become a bestseller just because of the simplicity of it and the ease of it. And no one's put it out there like this before. It really is a good consideration for people to think about the holidays are coming. You know, you, you know, everybody wants something that's going to be beneficial. This is truly a beneficial gift because it will keep on giving. This really is a gift that keeps on giving. So, you know, it's something to think about. Thank you so much, Lori, for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. Really appreciate your being on the show tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, T. My pleasure. So, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio. So, please, share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so that we can navigate easily and live the life that we're meant to live productively, purposefully, healthfully, and make changes and differences. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link to this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T-Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about 
other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my upcoming Lakeside Evening Crystal Singing Bowl Concert and Candlelit Labyrinth Walk on October 1st. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.